episode 878. The Green Bay Packers lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers this past Sunday, and we're recapping the game with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. Today we're looking back at that loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers one last time. And to do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert. One that likes me this time, okay? We're talking to Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com as we do every Wednesday during the season. Nathan, how you doing today? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. Glad to have you back on the show as usual uh, Nathan, I-, I thought there were a few areas the Packers really struggled in on Sunday, one being the pass rush. Should we expect more than what the Packers got out of Nick Perry against the Steelers? I think so. I don't think he's been quite living up to expectations so far this year. Uh, he's played well against the run, but not quite as well as he was last year. Um, as a pass rusher over the entire season, uh, he has about a half as many sacks and half as many hurries as he had last year, but we're over halfway through the season, so it isn't quite on pace to match last year's numbers. Um, in this game in particular, he did have the most pressures on the team, but a lot of those were cleanup pressures uh, really late into the plays as well, so they weren't quite as impressive as uh, some of his other pressures over his career have been. Um, I think part of the problem is they did switch uh, sides for him this year, um, it's easier to attack right tackles than it is left tackles, typically. And this year he's going up against left tackles a lot more often than he was last year. Um, I'm guessing the Packers made that move in general this season to uh, help Clay Matthews get some more pressures, but it doesn't seem like that move has really helped the team as a whole, either in this game or as a, or over the course of the entire season. Yeah, both those players are just up and down. We'll see that game like Nick Perry had three sacks, and then the next week he's absent. I'd like more consistency out of all of them. Um, Nathan, how much did the defensive line miss Kenny Clark? You know, Mike Daniels, I think, held his own, but did the rest of them make any impact? Um, I agree with you on Daniels, but I think they definitely missed Clark in this game. Uh, He's been a huge part of the Packers' run defense in recent weeks. run defense that has been doing a great job of stopping running backs. But uh, Bell averaged 4.8 yards per carry in this one. Um, I know he's probably one of the best running backs the Packers will face this season, so you would expect uh, them to not do as well um, in run defense as usual. But um, Clark, over the past eight games, has graded well there, but none of the other defensive linemen outside of Daniel has graded as well as Clark has been doing there. Um, as a pass rusher, Clark has uh, done well there recently, too, typically getting a couple pressures each game. Um, again, the Steelers' interior offensive line is one of the better ones the Packers will face, so I'm not sure if Clark would have fared all that much better than uh, what the other Packers did in this game, but um, I think they did definitely miss him here. 
Uh, Nathan, I'm curious how Blake Martinez graded out. He, of course, had the two big turnovers, but I thought they were more a product of luck than anything. Oh, uh, yeah, with the interception, there was definitely some luck in there. It took the batted pass in order for him to have the opportunity to intercept the ball. Um, there are plenty of cases where um, a defender finds a way to not get the interception there, so um, being able to actually get the interception uh, does take some skill there. But the fumble recovery as well wasn't a huge deal. Um, over the entire game, uh, he was very active, I'd say, throughout the entire game. A lot of plays that were both good and bad in it. Um, a lot of plays where offensive linemen were able to get to the second level, often being uh, Marquise Pouncey, and he was able to get off that block and make a tackle for a short game. So those were some of the good plays. But then other times, um, screen plays were one is one area where he struggled, where players were able to block him. Um, he also allowed a couple catches, missed a tackle, um, had a penalty that was declined. If you take all of the good and all of the bad, it uh, averaged out to just below average for us. But it's one of those games where if you just look at his good plays, he looks like an all-pro. You just look at his bad plays, he looks like someone who should get cut. So uh, definitely an interesting game out of Martinez. In the secondary, Nathan, I thought Demarius Randall played quite well. How did he fare according to Pro Football Focus? Um, I'd agree with you. I think this was his best game of the season so far. Uh, had the interception, also had his first pass break of, of the season, so that was good to see as well. Um, another play where he was able to make a tackle for a short game on Bryant, so um, definitely some good plays in this one. There were a couple bad as well. Uh, he did allow a first down, um, another first down that was called back by penalty, um, a third one where he was saved by Eli Rogers dropping the ball, but that could have easily been another first down he allowed. But uh, when you make a good play like an interception and a pass breakup, uh, the good definitely outweighed the bad in this one. So um, He also looked pretty good the week before, so this was the best two-game stretch that we've seen out of Randall in his career. We've seen a lot of him having one good game but not having consecutive good games. So um, hopefully he's able to keep the things up. Yeah, definitely trending in the right direction for Demarius Randall. Good to see that out of him. Um, were there any defensive backs, Nathan, more at fault than any other for the big game by Antonio Bryant? He had like 160-some you know, receiving yards. Um, if I was to single one player out, it would be Devon House. Um, he was on him the most in the game, allowed three or four targets thrown his way to be caught for 44 yards. But it was a bit of a team effort. Uh, Burnett, King, Clinton Dix, and Jones all allowed one to two catches to Brown over the course of the game. So it was a bit more of a team effort than any single player. So um, outside of Randall, and it was good to see Morgan Burnett back. Uh, he graded out above average. So outside of those two, though, a lot of the defensive backs uh, graded out poorly in this one. Yeah, just up and down days from them. We'll see, you know, Devon House and and Kevin King both make a play, and then the next play they'll give up a big reception or something like that. They have to be more consistent. We're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Nathan turning to the offensive side of the football. Jamal Williams, I thought, had yet another good game. Is he among the top running backs in the league in the past three weeks since he's kind of taken over the position? 
Uh, this is the third straight game where he's done well, but right now he ranks uh, 15th out of 52 running backs uh, who have had significant snaps over these last three weeks. Um, he's tied for the most carries over that time span, so he's definitely getting a ton of opportunities, so that helps uh, his total number of yards. But he is only averaging 3.2 yards per carry, which is among the lowest of running backs during that time. Um, I know a bit of that has to do with the uh, blocking as well. He's not uh, getting quite as good at blocking as some other running backs. So he's averaging 2.2 yards after contact, which is also slightly below average. But the more yards you get before contact, the more opportunity you have to get yards after contact. So uh, when you take that into account, the 2.2 yards after contact isn't too bad. Um, he has had 10 players miss tackles on him, which is among the best for running backs in that time and has really helped his grade. But he has lacked a big run in the, over this time span. Um, his longest run has just been for 12 yards, and there's been 40-plus backs who have had a longer run than him. So um, I think all it would take is a big run or two from him, and uh, that would really help his numbers and really uh, help him stand out among running backs over this past month or so. Yeah, good analysis. Uh, Jamal Williams is doing well, certainly for a rookie, and hopefully bigger things are coming from him in the future. Uh, Nathan, I I think people were pleasantly surprised with the play of Jason Spriggs at right tackle. Can you tell us how he fared in both phases, the passing game and the running game? Yeah, this was one of the best games that we've seen out of him so far, either regular or preseason. Um, He did allow three pressures, which was uh, tied for the most for the Packers' offensive linemen in this one. But none of them led to sacks or hits, and none of them came too quickly in the play. So um, it was a pretty average performance there, but the run game definitely helped make up for the pass game. Uh, He had a couple of good blocks, more good ones and bad ones in the run game, which was good to see. So he graded out just above average which when you consider what the Packers have had at right tackle so far this season, um, the inconsistency of who's playing there, um, this is the second-best game the Packers have had out of a right tackle this season. So uh, definitely good to see him there, and I'm guessing Spriggs will continue to play at right tackle given how well he played in this game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, It surprised me, and a step in the right direction for Jason Spriggs. Uh, Finally, Nathan here, before we let you go, what's the matchup to watch on Sunday when the Packers take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, To stick with the matchup between two good players, the one I'm most interested in watching is uh, Jahari Evans against uh, Gerald McCoy of the Buccaneers. Um, I know we talked about Evans two weeks ago after a poor performance against the Bears, but he's really rebounded these past two weeks. Uh, looked good in pass protection, looked good in the run game. And then he's going up against McCoy, who's built a reputation for being among the best defensive tackles and for good reason. But he's having one of the better seasons of his career this year. Um, he's playing better against the run than he has the rest of his career. And then as a pass rusher, uh, he's doing better than he has uh, the past couple of seasons, so uh, not quite as good as he was at his peak, but still performing very good as a pass rusher. And it's also interesting in that um, Evans used to play for the Saints, so they were division rivals, playing each other twice a year for a good seven years, so they have a lot of experience going up against each other. Um, looking at their past matchups, it's been pretty evenly matched of who gets the better of the other. Um, there have been years where McCoy has given Evans one of the worst games of his career, 
uh, games where Evans gives McCoy one of the worst games of his career. <laughs> so I think it'll definitely be fun to see these two square off again. For sure. Uh, thanks a lot, Nathan. Definitely appreciate your analysis and insight on the game. Uh, we're happy to talk to you every Wednesday and excited to break this game down next week. Yeah, thanks again, as always, for having me and enjoy the game this weekend. You bet. You too. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And Railbird Central is brought to you by B-Rock, Madison's upcoming craft beer bar opening in the spring of 2018. Happy to get that finally off the ground and hope to see you all there in the very near future. Um, All right, Packers news. Uh, There is one story I wanted to touch upon that we didn't in our last episode just because it was Monday and the entire show was spent rehashing the Steelers game. This piece of news got lost in the shuffle when it came out on Thanksgiving weekend, so I think a lot of people might have missed it. But tight end Lance Kendricks was given a citation for possession of marijuana. This is according to TMZ Sports, which just on Tuesday followed up with video of the incident from the police video. Um, Yes, this is the second time we're hearing of a player in association with marijuana in less than a month after running back Aaron Jones was cited for operating a vehicle with a restricted controlled substance. The difference here, however, is that Kendricks was just cited for possession. He was originally pulled over for speeding, apparently in Outagamie County, which is just outside Green Bay, if you know the area. And he was not operating the vehicle under a controlled substance, and that's key. Operating while high is wrong. Just possessing herb or even smoking herb while at home or anywhere responsibly, I don't care. It's like drinking beer. As long as you're not driving drunk, you know, drink away. It's not even worth the citation, in my opinion. But that's federal law, and that's another story. Where it connects to the Packers here and how it pertains to the show and our listenership is whether Kendricks gets suspended. And once again, we don't really know. The Green Bay Press-Gazette, I know, followed up on the story and didn't find any online court records or citations. So we don't know if there's a court date or not. And suspensions are never handed down in a court case like this until after the legal process plays itself out. That's why we still don't know if Aaron Jones will be suspended because he's awaiting a court date in February. And on top of that, we don't know if Kendricks has previously violated the league's substance abuse policy because players are only suspended after a second violation, not their first. They let that one slide as kind of a warning. So... I don't know if he'll be suspended. You don't know, and no one apparently knows that I've seen published anywhere. Uh, Once again, it's another case of wait and see. Lance Kendricks will apparently continue to play through any possible pending legal matter, just like he did this past Sunday. Um, So I hope nothing happens, comes out of this. I hope he's not suspended because I don't really care 
If anyone just simply possesses pot, smokes pot, ingests pot, eats it, however they use it, um, just as long as they're not driving a vehicle and putting others in harm's way. So um, it's ridiculous. Um, The NFL should change their rules. Uh, (laughs) Federal law should change their rules. I understand that is a very complicated process, um, but it's ridiculous. Um, Anyway. Uh, more Packers news here. Friday is the first day Aaron Rodgers is eligible to return to practice, but the Packers don't practice on Fridays. So Saturday becomes the first day that Aaron Rodgers could potentially practice. Uh, the Packers always practice the day before a game. Uh, they give them two days off or, you know, two days before the game off. Um, so that's why. Uh, we're not going to hear anything Friday about Aaron Rodgers practicing, uh, even though he's eligible to do so on that day. So Mike McCarthy, the Packers head coach, was asked about this and, and said things like, quote, Aaron Rodgers is knocking it out of the park, end quote, uh, in regards to his rehab. Uh, but, you know, McCarthy wouldn't commit to him practicing at the end of the week just saying, we'll see, and adding that he's more focused on the game against the Bucs, for which we know Aaron Rodgers definitely won't play. The the earliest he possibly could is uh, week 15. So, you know, the the Packers still have to get through two games without Aaron Rodgers here for sure, even though he could potentially begin practicing. Um, So, it is what it is. Um, we won't find out till later in the week. Uh, we may not even find out because, you know, Mike McCarthy doesn't have a press conference on Saturday, so we won't really know if he returns to practice. Um, I, I'm sure, you know, there's some reporter out there that'll get the inside scoop and, and maybe we'll find out. Uh, but then again, just because it's a Saturday and Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play, maybe they'll decline to have him practice Saturday and just begin potentially next week if he is ready. Uh, It's everything I've heard is that, you know, the rehab has gone well. You saw, you know, pictures of him throwing the ball for 50 yards before the game against the Steelers. Uh, Everything's looking good. I tend to think he's going to come back this season. Uh, You know, some people might say it's not worth it. Well, (laughs) you know, if he gets injured again, he's got another six months to get over it before next season. So, um, you know, I I do tend to think he will come back. I mean, that's what they're paying him millions and millions of dollars for, even if the chances are remote that the Packers could make the playoffs. So, That's the update we have on the Aaron Rodgers situation. And then the Packers made a couple practice squad moves on Tuesday. They released linebacker Derek Matthews and offensive lineman Francis Callen. Uh, This happened Tuesday, although no corresponding moves were announced at the time. I think this is probably a precursor of some additions to the practice squad. I'm assuming as soon as today as the Packers return to practice after Sunday's game for the first time hitting the practice field. I assume they'll add at least one, if not two players to the practice squad and and fill their full complement they they can have. Uh, We just 
haven't heard those additions yet, so it could be happening any moment as the Packers practice on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the players they released, Derek Matthews, he's been a part of the practice squad here for, I believe, two seasons. And then Francis Callen um, uh, is an interesting one. The Packers only added him like a week ago, so he must have not have impressed too much to be on the practice squad for a week or a little over and then get released. Uh, it was an interesting name, and I thought this was kind of uh, maybe – uh, going to be a little storyline in that Callan was actually a native of the UK and, and you know, he, he had come over into the United States and, and actually played like one year of high school football and then went on to play at Georgia Tech where he actually played defensive line. And then he, during the pros, they converted him to offense. So it was definitely a project here, but I just thought this was maybe going to be a storyline where you know we've been hearing the Packers are more and more likely to play a game in London at some point in the future um in the pos- potentially in the near future possibly as soon as next season uh albeit probably a road game uh but I just thought that might be you know talked about a bit as far as oh the Packers got a player who's from the UK and they're going to play in the UK and didn't end up turning to be turning out to be anything. So he's released and Packers very shortly probably going to add some new names to the practice squad. Uh we'll see what positions and what players they do add here some point in the future. But anyway, moving on. The day ahead. Alright, so on Wednesday, the Packers return to practice as they begin preparations for the Buccaneers. Like I usually say, yeah, they probably already begun preparations in terms of, you know, game plans and film work and all that. But Wednesday is the first day they hit the practice field as a team. Um, Mike McCarthy's Wednesday press conference will take place at 11:45 a.m. Central Time before practice and also be streamed live at Packers.com. The team will release its first injury report of the week, and the biggest name we'll be looking for on Wednesday is running back Aaron Jones. Mike McCarthy, in a press conference, mentioned that Aaron Jones will begin in the rehab group, but has a chance to practice as soon as Wednesday if things go well. And how exciting would that be to see this pair of rookies that have done so well uh, during the regular season here. Uh, First, Aaron Jones, before he got hurt with the sprained MCL, and following that up with Jamal Williams, who, uh, you know, basically took his place. And both these rookies have done so well, it would kind of be nice to see the two-headed monster out of them. Uh, You know, Jamal Williams had to play so many snaps this past game because the Packers were little scared off by you know Devontae Mays so uh you know they went with Jones or uh, pardon me Jamal Williams the the majority of the game and played the vast majority of the snaps uh except for maybe a few situations where you know Aaron Ripkowski and Randall Cobb were in the backfield there um so it would nice to see things split up a little bit and, and kind of use them in particular roles, in particular ways, on particular drives. Perhaps maybe whether or not they're going hurry-up offense or not, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Jones could practice as soon as this Wednesday, and obviously it'll depend on how the week of practice goes, whether he'll play as soon as the Buccaneers game or not. 
And we're also, of course, looking at some other players. I think a notable name is Clay Matthews, who, of course, missed the Steelers game, and the Packers' pass rush wasn't all that good without him. I don't know if it would have been any better with him or not. Uh, Clay Matthews has been up and down this season. Definitely thought he started the season very well the first couple games, then kind of went through a slump, and then he'll flash once in a while. But now he's dealing with the hamstring issue that has been utterly disappointing uh but they could definitely use him back out there if healthy and uh he didn't practice all last week you know it was questionable whether he would play and you know the Packers if you were following along on social media they were putting for putting him through workouts right before the Steelers game seeing if he could potentially play uh but uh, ultimately chose to shut him down and uh just wait and trying to let him get a little bit more healthy and hopefully he is by this Sunday to take on the Bucks at Lambeau Field. Um, all right, finally, on Thursday, November 30th, so tomorrow, uh, you know, as according to when the show's being recorded, uh, the Packers will be holding their Packers Give Back Community Blood Drive from 7 o'clock a.m. to 7 o'clock p.m. in conjunction with the American Red Cross. Uh, This event will take place at the Johnsonville Tailgate Village in the east parking lot of Lambeau Field. This past August, the Packers held a blood drive that the Red Red Cross said saw a 25% increase in donations. And that's important because... They tend to have less donations over the holiday season. So if you have a chance to get out there Thursday, live in Green Bay or the greater area, um, go give blood. Uh, it's it's really important. Uh, it's important to me. My wife works for the American Red Cross, and there's always a need for, for blood out there uh, locally and in the nation at large. So... Um, every participant will be entered into a raffle to win prizes if that encourages you. Uh, so uh, go check it out. Uh, that is Thursday, uh, November 30th, uh, Packers Give Back Community Blood Drive. And that pretty much does it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Thank you to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com for being our guest, as he does every Wednesday during the season. We'll be back in just two more days from now on Friday uh, for our next episode to preview this Buccaneers game a little bit more. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. Um, Have a good Wednesday. I leave you today with a song called New Country Blues by the Emmett Nershey Band on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later. Go Pack Go.